Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. This is episode number 76. Thank you for joining us. I'm Brooke McCallery and I'm sitting next to my co-host, Benjamin. Thank you very much. Now, this episode is brought to you by James Squire, Jack of Spades Porter. (laughs) Take a chance on this dark, complex brew with hints of chocolate and a rich, creamy head. Welcome to Wednesday afternoon, the afternoon before this podcast is released. (laughs) We've uh, we have left left this little old host full to the last minute on purpose though purpose. we had we had originally planned for this episode to be a live Facebook video thing and as it turns out our internet sucks and we don't have the upload speeds to actually be able to do that so while we work on that particular issue we're just going to um to do a regular hostful episode albeit. Probably four or five days later than we normally would have done it, and albeit with a beverage of our choosing in our hands. Yeah, this is the live podcast when you're not having a live podcast. Mm. It's too no. late to actually edit it. Exactly. <laughs> There's no editing to this podcast, so you are you're going to hear every long pause. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh. very good. So yes, this is a hostful, and before we get into that. Why don't we uh, talk about how we're feeling? Let's check in right now. Oh, okay. Brooke, what's going on? I'm going to be honest, it hasn't been my best week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Wish to uh, elaborate on that? Not, not really? Particularly. Yeah. I suppose it's like you want to dwell on not being a... No, friend. look, I um, I don't know. We all, have, we all have periods that are a bit down or a bit frustrating and this is... One of them. Hmm. Look, and it's not—it's nothing. It's just uh, you asked me a question, and I actually don't have it in me to be dishonest. So no. that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, transparency is all. This is what this podcast is all about, particularly today. Oh. We can't afford to edit it. That's right. <laughs> so, yep, you're stuck with it. I had a good day today. I um, early in the year uh, we had a podcast, a hostful podcast, where we talked about some of the things we wanted to do more of this year and I said I wanted to do much more of just be socially aware and do more volunteer work mm-hmm, you did and that's what I'm doing at the moment I spend um, Wednesday afternoons um, volunteering or, or um, participating in a mentoring program for young men mm-hmm. in the local area that are that are looking for some guidance and I'm I'm always invigorated after getting out of a out of a session and that's where I'm at the moment. Yeah. It feels good. Oh, I think it's it's such an awesome program to be part of. So I'm really glad to see that you're doing it and enjoying it, which is not why you do things like this. You don't do it for yourself. But, uh, you know, the fact that you're getting so much satisfaction out of it is, is tops. And I think um, both of us are sort of at this period in our lives where we've made lots of changes to slow down and, and get intentional. And this is not at all what I was expecting to talk about right now. But, um, and I think so much of that, and this is perfectly fine because I think it needs to be, but so much of it was self-focused, uh, you know, focused on our, our family and our situation and our home and our, you know, our debt and our pace of life. And that's fine because you, you can't help people if you're running at 110% all the time and you're stressed out and burnt out. But I think we've both come to a point where we've started to just think way more broadly and think about the impact that we can have elsewhere and where we can help and where we can serve. And I think that 
I, I just I'm really proud of you for doing it because I think that just marks a, a big shift for us. Yeah. Into thinking more outwardly and and more broadly. Exactly, because I th- I know I've spoken it before. I've always thought about the the um, the mark of success for uh, a father and, and a man in in traditional sort of family environment was to be able to financially provide for the family and that was almost like the mark of of love the mark of success the mark of everything Mm. and now i know that that's not right and that's not true because you can be very detached to your family when you're Mm. you know your look your sole focus is on that pure financial and work related um position so yeah I think that's a, that, like, that is a massive thing to learn. Yeah. It's huge. Oh, mass- it's huge. And the vast majority of us, don't, like, we don't. We no. don't ever ever quite get there. Um, and I think just to see that shift in you since we started the business at the beginning of the year and have been able to, some weeks, <laughs> you know, spend more time intentionally on the things that we want. In other weeks, of course, life happens and it's it's busy. But I think that's one of the biggest things one of the biggest takeaways in that first almost six months really yeah has been that shift in the things that are fundamentally important and what you're able to give your energy and time to hmm. yep so, <laughs> anyway uh, cop that introduction up haven't we yeah we just dive straight in um roll the introduction music ben get into the questions that you guys have sent through uh, on Facebook. You wanted to mention yes. something about the next um, experiment. I did. For uh, the so month of June. For June. As you know, we've been doing the meditation experiment for May and we have one more episode where we'll talk about that and wrap up. And that's generally when I would introduce next month's uh, next month's challenge or experiment, but I figure there's really no point in in kind of throwing it on you guys if you're interested in following along with with us with zero warning. You know, you and I have warning. We know what we're going to be working on, so <laughs> that's really unfair to kind of expect people to. Yeah, we should have we should have let people know on Monday. But anyway, um, yeah. Well, yeah. look, we're human, <laughs> um, but we are going to be doing an experiment where we try our very best to get eight hours of sleep every night, mm-hmm. which I think will be very interesting. To be honest, I was thinking about it last night and I'd say I probably get seven hours a night. I'd probably go to bed at nine Yep. and um, I don't go to sleep straight away. I read and I'm probably asleep by 10 and then I, my alarm goes off at five. And some mornings I don't get up at five, but I, my alarm goes off and I'm awake from then. I never go back to sleep after that. So... I think that'll take a bit of an adjustment, which is part of the reason why I wanted to let you guys know. If you wanted to to try it out with us, that will probably take an adjustment over the next few days to even get close to that. But I've been inspired by Ariana Huffington's new book, uh, Sleep Revo- The Sleep Revolution. Um, so I'm really interested to, to see how that goes. So I don't want to talk about it too much more than that, but just to let you know that that's what we're doing. And if you wanted to join in, 1st of June, let's do it. 
I love sleep, so I'm, uh, even the word sleep, I start yawning. Um, I'm looking forward to this challenge. Thinking that I've struggled with, no, I won't mention it now. No, this is, yeah, but anyway, we'll, we'll be talking about it in, uh, in depth on Monday. Okay. All right, the first question from Vanessa. I'd love to hear your thoughts on after-school activities and homework for kids in primary school. How do you balance societal and school expectations with a slow living approach? Such a good question. And before I even try to answer it, I really want to clearly say... We're not worthy. We don't have... Sorry, you weren't going to say that. No, I wasn't, but I I don't have... Like, I don't Mm. have solutions, but I also want to say that what works for us is not a one-size-fits-all solution because I know lots of families have lots of different expectations of what that looks like. Their kids are different. Their ages and stages are different. So what I'm going to say in our answer is not, it's not, um, it's not saying it's a, a solution and it's also not a judgment on people doing things differently. I just wanted to get that out of the way. Nice. <laughs> because I am very much of the school of thought that really hesitates to sign our kids up to things. Our kids are only seven and five. So they're only in year one in, in yeah. kindergarten. They're very young. Our daughter uh, wanted to do dancing before she'd started school and she asked repeatedly to do that. So we were more than happy for her to do that. It was one thing a week. Our son never asked to do any any extracurricular kind of activities before he started school. So he never did one. I was really, really happy with that too. But now they do one each. One is drama, one is soccer. That's something that they've both chosen themselves. And in summer months we do swimming lessons because in Australia it's kind of like that to me doesn't even count yeah. as an extra thing. Like that's absolutely necessary. Survive, survival skills. Like <laughs> we, I mean, it's we not swimming lessons. It's survival lessons. We go to the beach a lot. We you know stand up paddleboard with the kids. We do all those kinds of things. Like for us, it's really important that the kids learn to swim. So even if they didn't want to do that, they would be doing. Yeah, swimming but the funny thing is though, they can now swim with without being assisted. I think they needed need to be able to do freestyle properly that's when they fair enough when but anyway so they're the two things that our kids do um it's a sum total of two hours a week for each of them and being winter they're not doing swimming now and i'm so happy with that so we don't have any afternoon during the week where our kids have extra activities after school and to me that's that's first of all an absolute luxury that i'm around to, to be at home with them in the afternoons when they get home from school and we hang out, we do homework, uh, they play, you know, they will sometimes get on TV when I'm getting dinner ready, as I mentioned in the episode with Janelle the other day. Um, so I am really, really supportive of the idea of letting kids have downtime, letting kids be bored sometimes, oh, letting so kids play outside actually making kids play outside to a certain degree. I remember growing up, it was like, no, no, no. when I got home, you get outside and you'd play. And I would play with my dog. I would, you know, dig in the dirt. I'd make up games. And I, sometimes I'd complain about being bored, but I still did it every day. And I think personally, that's just something that I value a great deal. Um, homework. I'm torn on homework. Our kids. I think they have to do it. Well, they, no, 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 they do have to do it. Our kids are given homework, even in kindergarten, and they have to do it. That's that's the, the school system that we've, we've chosen to put them in. So to me, when possible, and there have been weeks that it hasn't been possible, but not many, 
they do their homework and it probably takes all of 10 minutes for our son in kindergarten and maybe 20 minutes over four afternoons for our daughter in year one. Yep. I have spoken to quite a few people who are educators and there's a huge range of opinions on this um, from the fact that kids shouldn't have to do homework until they start high school, which I get. I know that's um, – I, I believe there's some Scandinavian countries that really support that idea, I don't know, and some other, you know, schools systems that maybe aren't the ones that our kids are in. Um, but I think that if the kids are given the homework, they're assigned the homework, that when possible I support them doing the homework. Yeah. Look, it's really tough. It's really tough. Um, every teacher that our kids have had has also said, you know what, if they're not feeling it, if they're hating it, if they're railing against it, don't do it. So the, the school that our kids are at is also quite relaxed, which yeah. I do I admire, and they're very much about the individual child as well. I think you know some of the educators I've spoken to have said that it's not so much about the actual homework but rather about the habit of, of coming home and revisiting what they've learned over the week and also the habit of coming home and just having to do that homework. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. but What works for us and what we've found is trying to get the kids to do homework on a, a Wednesday night or a Thursday night. You, you think that works? Is impossible. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were like, that's where, that's where it's the best. No, no, no. no. It's crazy town. Yeah. I actually have found that our kids do their homework better in the mornings. Yeah, than they've in the been evenings. doing that. Yeah. Like, this term they've started that. And that's like, it's just zero pain. They're quite happy to do it. They're yeah. refreshed. They're happy. They're relaxed. And it might be 10 minutes one morning, 10 minutes the next morning. But definitely Thursday afternoons, they're getting tired. They're I'm getting cranky. Slaughtered. They're over it. Um, and We've I just, learned the hard way because um, one of our kids did um, um, dancing lessons on a Thursday afternoon. And that was crazy town, wasn't it? Like, but yeah. When they got home at... This time at 5.30 on a Thursday afternoon, they were shattered. Yep. But you know what? And that's just the rhythm of our family and our kids. And as they get older, that won't be an issue either. No. As they build up more resilience and stuff, it won't, that won't be an issue. But, I mean, long, long answer to say, do what feels right for you, I think, to a certain degree. Um, don't worry about societal pressures. Look, everyone's got an opinion. Everyone. And... You know, some people you're not you're doing you're doing too much you're not doing enough exactly all that sort of stuff like i'm just, quite certain that some people think that i'm dropping the ball by not having our kids enrolled in more activities that's yeah. fine because that's what works for for them yeah but what i do know is that our kids really do they really do respond well to having downtime and they're relaxed and the afternoons are lovely you know so I think, um, again, we don't really offer answers because we're trying to, to work things out ourselves. But hopefully that's in some way helpful, Vanessa. The next question is from Rebecca, and she asked, how do you go about fitting in your experiments? Do you get up earlier, remove something less productive from your day, simplify, 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 <laughs> simply find time that you don't genuinely have? I'm thinking the meditation, yoga, journaling. I know it's not a lot of time, but you guys have a full life and still only have 24 hours. How do you do it? How do you do? How do we? 
How do we fit in the experiments? Well, some some we don't. Oh yeah. Some like some we we don't fit in journaling. See ya. Oh yeah, that was crazy. Um, we and- did it for like ten days. Yeah, look, and we, look we've, we, I'm not going to revisit the reasons why that didn't work, but my point is that sometimes the experiments last for the month and then they go away. You know, I, I'm, I really am, and it's something that I have questioned recently with the adding one every month thing. It's, it can be tough, and I think sometimes adding a new habit or behavior every month is probably a bit overwhelming, but only if – it depends on what the combination of, of habits and, and, you know, new behaviors and experiments is. So in a practical sense, I do get up earlier now than I did last year so that I can fit in meditation and most mornings a bit of yoga. And I, by a bit, I could mean three minutes of stretching or I could do a 25, 30-minute yoga with Adrian video. Like it's – I'm fluid with it mm. and I'm I'm really trying very hard not to – put to put too many boundaries or, or restrictions on it let me go back why why did we start the experiments for because they're, they're, they're things that time and time again we'd heard from people on this show had impacted their ability Developed to live their slowly habits to then impact that made a huge impact on their life that's right so, so it's it's almost I get where Rebecca's coming from because I don't think we can do this for a long period of time. Oh, no. I think we've only got a couple more months left. Look, I'm quite happy to do this year. I'm not going to put a timeline on it. But I I can definitely see a a time where it rolls. It it doesn't continue. Yeah. Put it this way. We spend a lot of time talking about what the experiments are going to be. Which is fine. Because they've all got to be something that... We've, we've thought about and are really wanting to try. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but there are also things that are available to us. You yeah, know, we it. could do an experiment in tiny house living, but that's not available to us. Like, no. Um, so I think I have shuffled things around. I, I, so I absolutely get up earlier. I have absolutely removed things that are less productive from my days. And there are things that have probably fallen by the wayside as a result as well. We were only talking about it yesterday, but one of my great pleasures is gardening. And this year I I, I haven't touched the garden, which is yeah. in part, like there's a whole heap of reasons for that, partly because the garden has broken my spirit. Uh. <laughs> the enormous tree in our neighbor's yard has sucked all the nutrients out of the, the veggie patch and sucked all the enthusiasm out of my gardening uh love but another part of that is that we've started a business the kids are at school so my time is more fragmented mm-hmm. and um the other part is i cannot continue to add all these positive behaviors into my day without something slipping and i think that's part of what what rebecca's getting at that you continue to add all these good things that, I don't dog know if you guys can hear that. Our dog is going nuts. Excuse me. <laughs> Keep going. And I think, um, like, I think it would be really unhelpful for me to suggest that I've been able to continue doing all the things that I've loved and all the things that benefit me. Yeah. So I think it's really, it would be really unhelpful to pretend that we just kept making space for these things 
I think with some things like the sugar experiment, that really quickly became apparent to both of us, me particularly, but both of us, that that was uh, something that shifted by about like week two from an experiment to just a thing that we do now. So some of them have been a really natural fit. And I try to not judge myself too harshly when they don't feel like a good fit or, you know, you know what I mean? Like I really had, Mm. I really battled with the journaling thing. Yeah. Not because like I, I battled with it in and of itself, but because I'm like, but it's an experiment. So going into an experiment, it's, it's ideal to not have an outcome in our minds. And I know for the, the meditation one, for example, I have been very enthusiastic in all of the med- in all of the experiment episodes because I really am enjoying it. But don't like also don't don't believe that that is my only experience of it. Like I'm I am loving it, but some days I am hating it. And I know at the beginning of the episode I'm like, yeah, I'm just having a bit of a downtime. I actually think that some of that is to do with the meditation. Like it's it's not easy and I think it's just it's important to kind of pull that out and make it apparent that like I'm, I, I am enthusiastic about it, but there are moments where I'm really not, <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. you know, it's so a way of putting it, but I think some parts of it, we've been really, <laughs> that was weird. Yeah. Some parts of it, we've been like, we've been very enthusiastic about it, trying these things. So we are preparing ourselves a little bit ahead of time. Um, but, Anyway, as Ben was saying, it can be taxing and it's not a forever thing. Like this is these experiments are not going to continue on endlessly because no. I don't have it in me, to be honest. And it's about finding things that help us live a slower life, not continuing to create content. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so I think there's a, there's a handful of other things that we want to try that I do really genuinely think will will improve our ability to slow down. But beyond that, I think it, it's going to start becoming a like a, a thing that we're doing for the sake of it. Comes from Angel. Angel, when you I'm sure she's never heard that before. Just in her life. have a day that nothing goes right. You can't get the right headspace. Everything rubs you the wrong way. What do you do? This is such um usually put uh, down the phone to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is such a pertinent question because I've actually felt like this quite a bit the last week. Well, yeah, this week. Yeah. yeah. Today. Yeah. Yeah. I so there's a few things that I do and this has only come about through like hard-fought <laughs> um tear-stained like experience. I acknowledge that that's how I'm feeling. And that's not easy sometimes. Like sometimes I want to blame people. I want to blame situations and circumstances. I just acknowledge that that kind of reeling feeling, that emotion of, of being almost out of control, it's there and that's how I'm feeling right now and I try not to attach any uh, judgment to that. What I then try to do is have a little bit of space like even just five minutes sitting outside in the sun, which is what I did on Sunday, <laughs> if you recall, Ben. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I, I absolutely have to force myself into this part, but it seems to be the most 
important bit. I make myself do something positive. So today, for example, I had, it was just like, oh, just a rough day. Those days where my headspace was, was messy and the day didn't start well and I wasn't feeling great and everything was, was just tough. And I came home and I kind of wallowed in that for a while. And I knew that was the key. I knew that I was wallowing in it. That's the difference for me, having realized that over many years of this kind of loop of behavior. I now realize when I'm doing it and I can see it. And it might take me a minute to actually accept that. But once I've accepted it, I can just kind of sit back and watch it for for a minute. For example, today was just me endlessly scrolling through a loop of social media and that was just hardcore procrastination but also like a like a little bit of a pity party and I recognized it and once I'd recognized it and and dealt with it and accepted it like just do something anything Mm. just do one thing it might be 30 seconds it might literally be as simple as returning one email Mm. or wiping over the kitchen bench or Hanging out of hanging out a, a load of laundry, or you know, man, anything, mm. just one thing that needs to be done, go and do it. And you hate it. You're like, I don't want to do this. I was enjoying that pity party, thank you very much. But once I did it, the whole the whole world shifted just a tiny bit on its axis, and it became that little bit easier to do another thing, and then another thing, and another thing. And I finished the day, to, like I'm talking about today specifically, I finished today feeling good. Whereas I could so easily have finished today feeling like garbage, having given in to every single, every single bad idea that I had during the day, I could have given in to all of them. So I think like that's probably a depressing answer. I'm sorry about that. But like I, I think everyone has those days. So that's helpful for me to understand that everyone has those days and, Mm. you know, you're not going to die of feeling sad, but that's what I do. Angel, and it really works. It does. It really does. I've seen this in action and it is quite amazing how it's so transformational. Um, I'm hopeless. You are not hopeless. Well, in in terms of the – if nothing goes right and I can't get in the right headspace, I'm – I'm really not nice to be around, and I'm I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty hopeless. Like I I I can't, it takes a lot for me to get out of that headspace. But it also takes you a lot to get into that headspace. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, I'm I'm. But what what helps um, for me is doing something I love. Just doing something I really enjoy. Like me. <laughs> <laughs> You know this is an unedited one, Brooke. <laughs> People have heard unedited. That's um, fine. Yeah, so... <laughs> do, do something that you enjoy is my answer to that. Mm-hmm. Got anything else to add, Brooke? No, I'm good, thanks. Let's move on. Your dad listens to this podcast. Next, so? next a question from the lovely Morgan and her awesome family who we met up in the Canmores. We did. Man, that feels like a long time ago. Wish I could go back. I wish I could go back five minutes and take away that joke. <laughs> We're not going to. 
Morgan um, asks, I would love to hear more about your daily routines or rituals and how you fit in writing, podcasting around the rest of your life. Good, good question. I know lots of people are keen on those routines and, and rituals that we have. There's like, there, it's, not, it's not pretty and it doesn't look good in a spreadsheet, to be perfectly honest. Um, for me, so I, I will, my alarm goes off at 5 a.m., I will get up between then and 5.30 and do, at this point, my yoga and my meditation. I will try and like, have a shower and get dressed before everyone else is up. That happens probably one out of 10 days because like, one of our kids is a super early riser and the day just gets, gets started really, really yeah. early. And if that ever changes, I feel like that will buy me a good another hour. But anyway, that's that's basically what I do. The mornings are just for getting stuff done. I I try really hard to not do anything. Like I do, I don't do anything work related before the kids are off at school, unless it's like checking my emails or flicking through social media. I might do an Instagram post, something like that. Then I typically have, let's say, on average five hours a day while the kids are at school. There's certain activities that I help out with a few days a week at school, but let's average it out and say I get 20 hours a week of work time. That's when I I will do the vast majority of podcasting stuff, both for this show and the network. Being in Australia means that I do have to get up at 4am sometimes and interview people. So that obviously is a, a different thing. Uh, writing has taken a big old backseat for me over the last 12 months, as you guys, most of you would have probably discovered Slow Your Home through the blog, which I don't actually write at much anymore, uh, with the exception of posting the podcast episodes. But I have been feeling like a big draw to writing again. Oh, have you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But but, but um, not necessarily in a blog sense. Um, there's a question that I probably will answer in a, a minute about that, but more creative writing, more just to do it because of the sheer joy of doing it. Mm. Not so much because I want to create something like content wise, you know? Um, but in terms of like, this is, this again is, I feel like this is really boring and dry, but I like to be at least two or three weeks ahead of our production schedule. We say the night before this goes and out. This goes down as a massive fail. In saying that, I do have three interviews already, like, in the can for the next three episodes. It's just the hostful thing, which we like to do at the last Thursday of the month. That's all. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, I like – it's this really kind of precarious balance between being prepared and being flexible. Like, I find that that's where the tension is for me and that's where the, like, the beauty of it is too. Like, being prepared enough – I reckon that's where the creativity comes from as well. For me, yeah. Yeah. I think if, if I didn't have kids and we lived like a, a, a different kind of lifestyle, then I think my creativity would, would look different. But for me to feel in like not that pinched kind of headspace, I need to have that sometimes precarious balance between being prepared and organized and being flexible. Yeah. 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 So I think um, there's an interview coming up maybe next week where we talk about the idea of caring less and caring more uh-huh. as being like the, you know, a, a good place to be. And that's sort of a similar idea. Nice advertising. Huh? Good plug. Tune in next week. Yeah, exactly. 
Leave him hanging. Colleen writes, My boyfriend and I will be merging households eventually, and our discussions about it haven't gone too well. I'm a tiny, house-loving, simple-living, almost-minimalist, and I would characterise him as the opposite. And the advice for reaching a happy house medium. Um, yes, actually. I think that one of the most useful things you guys might want to talk about is what it Living is. separately. Yeah, <laughs> 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 no. Um, what it is about those lifestyles that you actually enjoy, like not, not the label, like not the tiny house, simple living, minimalism, or, you know, maximalist, sentimental guy, not those labels, but what do you love about living that way? And I think that, to me, anyway, is the key in, in finding a happy medium because you're not going to find a tiny big house. You're not going to find, like, a, a, a minimalist, maximalist, um, you know, aesthetic. But what you might find is things about tiny house living that are really what you love about it. Yeah. If you can let go of like the label and the, 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 like the, the finished picture. Product. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. yeah the yeah. finished product of yeah. tiny house living. Yeah. And if your boyfriend can let go of the finished product of living in a big house and instead maybe I, I'm just completely theorizing here, but maybe what he loves about having a bigger house is a big living space where you can entertain a lot of people. And what you love about a tiny home is, uh, you know, that you have, very small areas to clean. Like those things, those two things aren't mutually exclusive. You could have a home that is relatively small in footprint, but has a big entertaining space yeah. and really, you know, add really focuses on that. Like that can be your big thing. Cause that's what your husband might want is that entertaining area. That's right. I mean, like that's obviously not, we're just hypothesizing like, yeah, it's, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So I to know, be it's able the fundamentals, to- what's the actual, Deep-seated thought behind why you love small living or exactly. tiny houses, and why he likes a bigger, bigger house. Yeah, like, and why you like the idea of simple living and minimalism, and he might like the idea of sentimentality stuff. and maximalism. And you know, those two things yeah. can exist in the yeah. same home. Like you can have areas, yeah. big areas that are clutter-free yeah. and open and full of white space, and he can have areas. Like a, you know, a bookshelf or a room or a wall or a, like whatever, whatever yeah. that that showcase the things that he loves. I think it's just getting really intentional and having the conversation that not like, well, I want a small house. Well, I want a big house. Why? Yeah. What is it about those things that you hold true and dear? And, and Colina, I know that you're saying that the discussions to date haven't gone too well, but the only resolution is to have more of them. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you're just going to have If they to, haven't gone well to this point. You're just going to have to flesh it out and, and um, yeah, just go, right, these are my priorities. Husband goes, these are my priorities. Yeah. And hopefully they can live mutually exclusive. But if not, then you're going to have to make compromises. Yeah, look, I think... I think that a really nice way forward would be to to just ask like ask your partner what it is about ask him to imagine mm. what it looks like mm. in his ideal world and then ask him to pick why those things are important. 
Hmm. And then you do the same thing. Imagine we're going what through, it Actually, like. thinking about it, we're going through something similar yeah. at the moment, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I think yeah. that's probably why I, I had, yeah, the and thoughts the that I had. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I hope that's helpful. But I, I really think that when we unpack ourselves from those boxes, those labels, and actually think about the specifics of what that means to us personally and then, you know, kind of come at it from a, a compromising, let's see what we can create together kind of point of view, it's a, it's a much friendlier place to be. All right. Let's get some rapid-fire questions happening. Here we go. I, that was rapid fire was my added note. I don't know if this is actually meant to be rapid fire. Oh, sorry, I'm just reading off Brooke's computer. Here we go. Rapid fire. Are these from all the same person? These are from Ling, yeah. Ling. Okay. Brooke, why did you start the Slow Your Home website? I wanted to connect with people. No, actually, you know, that's not true. That's a story that I started to write after I started writing. I wanted to share my story. So I actually started um, a blog about six months before Slow Your Home called The Lavender Experiment. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> the Lavender Experiment. The Lavender Experiment. Yeah. You can't – don't go and Google it. It doesn't exist anymore. Um, where I basically wrote about our, like, our home renovations and stuff and also green cleaning and things like that. Um, and from there, I think that was very much at the point where I was starting to – um, actually, it started okay. way before yeah. our our renovation, but yeah. that was very much at the point where I was starting to think like, there's something here that is not jiving at all with yeah, with my right. values. Yeah. So I started to write about it, and from there, I think I um, yeah, I discovered that I didn't have any passion at all for writing about stuff and houses and renovations and things like that. Like in terms of the the logistics and even the aesthetics of it and that kind of died a, a very quiet little death my five readers were very sad i was <laughs> one of them you were one of them <laughs> no i wasn't oh. <laughs> i had four readers who didn't know me that's even better so slow your home came oh. about because i then as i've spoken about quite a few times discovered this idea of minimalism and simple living and Slow living was sort of on the periphery of that. And I loved slow as opposed to minimal. It really spoke much more authentically to me. I don't know why Ben's laughing at me when I'm saying slow, but anyway. No, no, no. I love that this is the rapid fire questions. (laughs) This is my slow rapid fire. Rapid fire questions, slow answers. Yeah, exactly. Please leave your, um, your iTunes reviews lambasting me for speaking slowly. Why did you stop writing? Mm-hmm. I I burnt out. Oh, yeah. I burnt out from writing about this stuff. I'm still passionate about it, obviously. I still think there is so much to gain from it. But um, I had put on myself, and this is absolutely the key, I had put on myself this schedule of publishing two blog posts a week. Mm. And whether I had anything to say or not, I had to put these blog posts out. Like, that's mental. And it just started feeling like it was the antithesis of slow intentional living. I'm just going to put this stuff out that's going to make the internet a little bit more noisy and a little bit more convoluted and people who are trying to adopt slow living, like, a little bit more confusing to them Mm. because I added, like, noise to what is 
a noisy place already. And it was noise that didn't need to be made. So yeah. I, I, like, I loved it. There were some posts and there are posts and there are things that I've written that are sitting like quite literally next to me in this huge bound pile of paper that I'm incredibly proud of mm. that no one has read, but I really, I really worried that I was actually making it worse for people. So on top of burning out, and that's, that's absolutely the number one reason, I think one of the underlying reasons behind that was because I worried that I was actually making it more convoluted and more noisy. That's an interesting response. Why? Well, I just think, I, I just keep on thinking, and people don't know this, but the amount of people that wrote to you um, personally emailed you saying, Brooke, you've literally saved my life. Literally. Literally. They did. And, oh, no, they did. I wasn't making light of Countless that. Countless people. Yeah. Yep. Saying, you've saved me and I can relate to you this much and... You know, so you you changed people's lives for the better through that. So, yeah, I don't know whether that your response sits with me. Well, oh, why? What do you think my response should be? I'm not telling you what your response should be. No, sorry. What what did you see as the reason? That I will I will say that that was a big factor in why I burnt out. Yeah, okay. Like so I bore the- I bore the burdens the wrong word, but I felt the 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 weight i felt the presence of yeah. all of that and I, I think that's enough yeah i don't think you, it was the second element of it but anyway that's my perception i'm not telling you how you should have felt <laughs> i know just going it's just, it was just inter- an interesting observation that's all. all right uh final question for this pog past what's the driver behind your efforts in doing the double poggy each week Oh, that's great. I'm sure it is time and mentally consuming with little income from it. Not that I'm saying money should be a focus, but I'm wondering how you are balancing slow living and making enough money to live with this commitment to slow your home as a whole. It's a really good question. Something I ask myself every day. No, I don't. I don't really. Um, so our efforts in doing the, the double poggy every like every week look initially if i'm being can i just say it's more than the double poggy because we edit and produce all the shows shows on on jackrabbit fm so it's not only the two slow your home pog pog pass but it is also the all the other production stuff around the other yeah but look that i to me that's that's something a little different because, I, I mean, we're building a network and like, this is not the, the time to be talking about the network side of it. But like in terms of the Slow Home podcast, it's an interesting question and there is definitely a tension there between uh, talking about slow living and then pushing to produce two episodes a week. And as we've already mentioned, like the experiment episodes will not go on indefinitely. I, Ben's not keen to put a date on, on when they finish and that's fine by me. But I, I think it will definitely go back to a single show a week at some point. Partly because it's like it takes time. It takes a huge amount of time from both Ben and I. You know, I'm I am up at four in the morning sometimes doing interviews, which I'm more than happy to do because I'm passionate about it. But it's just 
Like it would be really disingenuous to say that that's not like a, a big thing. It's not a big draw on our on our week. Um, are you okay? What's up? Okay. Yeah, I'll be there in two five minutes. Can you just say hello to everyone? Okay. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> hello, Pog Pass. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the issue of income is something different. Uh, and I think I'd still feel the same if we were making a, a big income off it because, it, you know, it's it's... Look, I don't know. I always get nervous when we talk about money, particularly making money off things that we create. Yeah. Look, it's a um, it's a lost leader at the moment. I've got to say, it's we're we're making our money in other areas, but it's something that we are really passionate about, and we understand the value of it, and um, we are we're interested in being able to monetize it in the future. We're not sure how, but we love this, the community that we're developing and and um, being part of. And that's the real passion. I, I, I actually, you know that the saying that you've got to, the ultimate is to work on something that's your passion. And I feel like this is, I've got a little, <laughs> um, I often say that and I, I really feel that this is our passion. Yeah. Do you agree? Oh, look, that's why I'm here. Yeah. That's the, the only re- – that's the, the, the first and foremost reason why I work online is because of the slow living. <laughs> All right. I think it's time to wrap up. Yeah. I don't feel like we answered Ling's final question, but that's okay. We'll save it for another one. Exactly. Good question. Thank you guys very, very much for your questions and for listening through our – unedited shenanigans um but if you do have questions for future hostfuls please just look us up on facebook or on um online leave a comment on slowyourhome.com today's episode is at uh forward slash or backslash 76 and um, all right let's do it let's do a live jackrabbit outro ready we've got the three people that do it ready okay jackrabbit fm for your ears who is that? My podcast. Hmm? My podcast. My <laughs> Good job, buddy. Jack Rabbit FM. For your ears. Who is that? My podcast.